The Doorways Leadership and Influence Network podcast, where we talk about leadership, influence, and their role in advancing the kingdom of God. I'm Mary Kay Blum, and I'm so thankful you're joining us today. Thanks for making this time investment with us. Are you ready? Let's get started. Welcome to this week's podcast. I'm Rick Shields, and I'm joined with my friend, colleague, and co-host, Mike Atkinson. Together, we direct the Doorways Leadership and Influence Network. We're also happy to have Elizabeth Farina back with us today. Elizabeth has been a nonprofit ministry leader for over 20 years. She provides unique organizational leadership giftings to ministry initiatives that enable her to lead others in developing stable foundations and lasting strategies. Last week, she shared with us some important tips for those who would like to grow in their leadership journey. The first principle was be willing to rise to the occasion. When an opportunity presents itself, step into it and exceed the expectations of that opportunity. The second principle was be teachable and invite feedback. Be willing to lay down your defenses, listen, implement the feedback, and adapt new pathways when necessary. Today, we'll talk with Elizabeth about her third principle, one that those who know her will really appreciate. That principle is, you can have a problem or you can have a party. Let's listen in. Elizabeth, you mentioned um, prior to recording this podcast that you had three items that you want to talk about regarding the important principles for successful leadership and influence. So you've mentioned two. What is the third aspect of that? I have a saying, and anybody that works with me for any amount of time will quote me saying, you can have a problem or you can have a party. That's an overarching leadership philosophy for me. See, things go wrong. There are a lot of obstacles that we don't plan on, especially when you're leading other people. Not everything goes smoothly, but the ability to turn an obstacle into a win, into something uh, fun and exciting. So for me, when I have something going uh, awry, going in a direction that is unplanned and not what I had hoped for, it makes me rise up in a challenge. How can I turn this around and find the fun in it and make it successful? And those are some of the best memories that I have in leadership. Some of the best times when we've overcome obstacles And when you're leading, typically that's how are we bringing people along with us in that? I believe so much of the influence that we can have is not necessarily in the agenda or in the the task at hand, but it's about our response. That's what makes an impact on people. What is our attitude when we don't get what we want? What is our attitude when circumstances are out of our control? So when we can turn those problems into maybe it is an actual party or maybe it's into something that is fun and we shift the momentum of the moment into our favor, into the organization's favor, into the church's or the ministry's favor, um, I think that is just an important piece of leadership. So I know you personally, and I've had a chance to see that parties are pretty important to you, by the way. (laughs) I like to party. I think that's just an incredible mindset to have and not that we welcome or anticipate or expect um, the obstacles. But often, as you said, those end up being the treasure moments that we look back and see where the most growth uh, has occurred with us and our teams. Uh, Would you agree with that? 
Absolutely. And, you know, I'm, as we talk about it, I'm reminded of being out on the boat with my family and occasionally my 12 year old will say, Hey dad, can I, can I steer the boat? Anybody can steer the boat in clear water. It's clear sailing. Anybody can do that. Even a 12 year old, it takes someone experienced and it takes a good leader to steer through the waves. And that is just to be expected in leadership, we have times where there are big crashing waves, but can we keep the ship moving in the right direction? Um, or do we just go down with the ship? And I think a good leader can do that. A good leader can say there are obstacles, there's problems, but we can make it. We can still move forward and we can come out on the other side stronger, loving each other, loving the Lord and having a good attitude while we do it. When did you first realize that God was preparing you to be involved in a leadership role? When, when, did, when did you realize that? I've been involved in leadership since I was young. So I was given opportunity, sometimes <laughs> against my will. I was put on a stage or I was put in charge of a group. And I think that that is actually just a recognition that God created me with some leadership giftings. But I was young when I had a desire to lead others. I would say I was probably 16 years old when I could go back to realizing I needed to be set apart to lead the people around me, even at that point. And then at different points that has grown, that that grew when I was in college, that grew when I was in my 20s, that grew um, as I, I approached my 40s. I'm now 42 years old, but I, there are there are continual points where I've seen God uh, open up a door for me. And what I love about what I just love about the Lord is he's a gentleman. He doesn't push you through it, but many times it's an open door and there's a threshold there that you have to summon. Um, am I going to walk through this door? Am I going to seize this opportunity? Am I going to be the one that will step into the headwind here? And so it's a constant invitation, but for me, it's gone back to even when I was a child. How do you help others grow Elizabeth? I've had the opportunity to work with a lot of people and I love helping other people develop their potential. So some of it for me is identifying what, just knowing my own personality and who I I have that click with. So some of it is identifying people that I think I can really work with. And then one of the first things that I do is I just say, hey, I don't do drama and we're going to have a culture of feedback. So if you want to take a closer step and leadership walk with me, I have to know from the beginning that you're open to feedback and that we're just not going to do a lot of high drama. From there, I like to bring people in. So I will teach them how I think, not because the way that I think is the only way to think or the best way. But if I want to reproduce myself, I can't leave people guessing what I'm thinking about and why I do things. So I'll say, here, come over here. Look at this email I wrote. This is why. Look at this promotional piece that I put together. Here's why I put this here. Or I'll commonly do the meeting before the meeting. This is the meeting we're going into. What do you think these people are thinking about? Here's what I'm going to try and do. Here are my goals. What do you think we should do? So we have that meeting before a meeting with other people. And then the debrief, I think, is very important. What did you hear? What can we take away? Did the goals we went into in this project or this meeting, did we accomplish those? How could we do better? So some of it is just bringing people along in my thinking. 
but then also offering opportunities for people to try themselves. So I give them a, a small task or a small portion of something that they can lead. And then we follow up. How did that make you feel? Was there anything that you you learned about yourself? Or what were the blanks that we need to fill in for you for the next time? So giving opportunity for feedback, I think, is really important. Which was an important part of Jesus' leadership style as well. He sent out the disciples. They came back and he said, how'd it go? And then they (laughs) would tell him. Sometimes it went well, other times not so well, but it was still an opportunity to learn from that experience. It was. And, you know, there are a lot of times when I hear people, especially in ministry, they're saying, I just need some good leaders. I need some people I can depend on, which I've said those same things. It's true. But what I've found is if I am willing to work with the people that are there and available, I can raise up the people that I need. So I tend to call it um, working with puppies. (laughs) So if you've ever had a puppy, you have to train them. You have to be consistent. You have to be patient and have, okay, someday you're going to be my best friend, but right now you're chewing on my sofa. So I've worked with a lot of college students. I've worked with a lot of emerging leaders that require an incredible amount of consistency and work and training. But before you know it, little by little, they start to repeat what they're hearing. They start to act in a way that's beneficial. And many of them have become uh, very good friends and colleagues for me. But when you're willing to work with the people around you, then what has happened for me is then I've had opportunity to lead my peers. They recognize the work I've done. And then I've had opportunity to lead among my own peers. And with time, my leadership has grown to now I'm in a position where I'm leading leaders that are beyond me, but I've learned how to work with anybody. I've learned how to work with just the puppies, my peers, and the ones that I respect and revere. Following a church service where I spoke, a young man approached me. He said, I really appreciate what you had to say about missions. I've dreamt about speaking at a crusade in Africa where hundreds of people responded to my message. Maybe sometime when you go to Africa, I could join you and maybe I can even preach when you're having an international crusade. That's interesting, I replied and decided to dig a little deeper. May I ask about your involvement in your local church? And he hesitated. Not much. I've got a lot of things going on and I'm not really involved here at all. My advice to him was the same as it is for others. Unless ministry is validated in the local church, it will have little to no value somewhere else. Involvement is not about busyness. It's an opportunity for growth and preparation for ministry in the next assignment. All right, Rick, let's take a minute to unpack what Elizabeth just shared with us. So she said, you can have a problem, or you can have a party. What do you think? Yeah, I think that was incredible. And it kind of tied into what we did last week um, with that minute motivation deal about, you know, smooth seas don't make great sellers. And I That's think right. uh, she talked about that and brought that as an example, that those are the opportunities for growth. And um, not that we look forward to those so much, but when we look back, those are often our treasured moments. So I, that's that was incredible. I think it was great. Yeah. Well, hey, thank you for joining us on the podcast today. We hope it was encouraging to you. If it was, 
please make sure to subscribe and share the podcast with others. And on behalf of all of us at the Doorways Leadership and Influence Network, remember that we are better when we grow and learn together. Until next time, grace and peace to you. That's our show for today. If you enjoyed the content or would like to hear future podcasts, please subscribe so you can be notified when new podcasts are released. On behalf of Mike Atkinson, Rick Shields, and our amazing Doorways Leadership and Influence Network partners, this is Mary Kay Blum saying thanks for listening.